Welcome to the Colors Podcast. What's up? It's Yellow, and we missed a week, but we're back with a new toxic trait, and it's from Blue. She's back. Yay! (laughs) So please take a listen to her toxic trait of perfectionism. My toxic trait is perfectionism, but it's... It's like a multi, it's a multifaceted thing. I think it's that perfectionism piece compounded with a lack of understanding of like what's in my locus of control. And that kind of leads to internal pressures upon myself as well as this need to have everything presented in a way that like I need it to be presented. And like you wouldn't necessarily think of those as toxic traits. Um, but for me, it was, I think, especially when I initially moved to DC, it was kind of like pouring, like all of that, like perfectionism and like the need for control was kind of like pouring out of me and like affecting the people around me. And I mean, I think those two kind of like go hand in hand because I can't talk about like perfectionism without talking about, you know, my need for control. And I feel like the best sort of way to talk about that is like, let's say that like I have a cut, right? And it's almost like as if I have a, you know, once that cut heals, you get another cut and like it, the scar tissue, like it builds upon it, like hardens, right? And it's so hard to sort of remove all like that, those like, you know, adhesions and it's, it's hard to sort of like soften that. I think for me coming as the daughter of, of immigrants, um, and also my experiences of housing insecurity and homelessness, I think that really sort of compounded my need to have complete lack of, or complete control over everything and anything around me, as well as a need for perfectionism because like for me that felt like survival like when you know we're filling out paperwork and my parents don't speak English I think I've mentioned a couple times before and that you know when you're doing paperwork and you know I'm like in junior high high school and these are like legal documents that you know if you get something wrong then like you're gonna get in trouble or not you but your parents and there's a there's a hefty like financial cost to the mistakes that you as a child will make. And so I feel like my need for perfectionism kind of initially started there. I feel like that kind of spiraled into, you know, like my academics, like especially in high school, I think it was like around my junior years when we, um, I was, we were homeless and we were kind of coming back and forth um, from like two hours away to go to my school. And so, you know, we would have to wake up at like four in the morning and like go to school, but like traffic. So if school started at seven, then, you know, we'd have to leave the house by four. And during that time, I was taking, you know, like five AP courses, doing varsity sports, track, and like all of the all of these like innate like high school things, and you know it didn't feel like 
it didn't necessarily, it just, it didn't necessarily feel like I didn't want to do those things. It just felt like I needed to. Um, I was juggling all these things and it, that's when I, I feel like I began to put those external pressures on myself that I suddenly switched from, you know, my parents telling me like, this is something that you need to do to where I was telling myself, this is something that I needed to do because the reality is that it, it was. You know, I had to be perfect for not only myself, but for my family. I like couldn't make any mistakes. I had to go to college. I wasn't going to be offered, you know, a second chance. I don't, I didn't have a second option. If you do it this way, or if you continuously work hard and succeed and persevere and like if you're resilient and if you like grind on through, it will be worth it in the end. I think perfectionism is, at least for me, like doing things my way. <laughs> it's like this need for control and like understanding that because I have the experience and because I actually know what I'm doing, that like no one else can do it better than I. I know that like if I give like a task to someone else, like I'm going to eventually have to do it on my own again. And like I kind of I kind of agree with that. <laughs> For example, like my junior, my sophomore year of college, my my dad had open heart surgery and he had to go on disability. My mom actually did the paperwork then because she was just like, "Oh, I'll handle it. Don't worry about it." And then months down the road, or yeah, it was like months down the road, like two months later, we still hadn't gotten like our you know the disability check. I was like, "What's the what's the deal?" And so I called, and they're like, "Oh, we never received." <laughs> an application <laughs> so you can imagine how not only stressed out I was because you know like we you know we have bills to pay and my dad's at the hospital obviously recovering and I mean I worked as a, a barista at Starbucks <laughs> so you know your girl was getting minimum wage less than minimum wage um so it's like okay like what the fuck do I do so obviously that also was an, another learning lesson for me. No one can do it better than you can. And no one has the right tools to do what you can. I am the only consistent thing, at least during that time, I felt like I was the only consistent thing that, that held this family together. And I will continue to be and I will continue to do so. And, you know, I, I just felt so empowered by that. I was, during that time, taking care of my family when I felt like no one really could. You know, my perfectionism and need for control served me well in certain situations. But ultimately, when it came back to my well-being, I felt like it was taking such an immense toll on who I am and I just like, I've never felt more exhausted in my life. And I think that, like, yes, there are places, there are times when control and perfectionism serves you, but when you're doing it so consistently and when you require that of yourself, like, it's just so, I mean, it's like, it's mentally and physically taxing, you know? And 
to this day, I mean, I still, I, I feel like I struggle with it. You know, it's been three years since the start of this program. And I mean, I still sort of complain that like, I'm, when I'm not, what I'm doing isn't enough. And I feel like I need to get this right. And like, there's no such thing. But for me, I'm getting to the realization of like, whatever it is that I can do, I will do. But like, I'm not going to require perfectionism. And this need for control doesn't help anyone, especially yourself. Calling up friends is like one of the most helpful things that you can do, primarily because like, I, I'm like in my head a lot and I have a tendency to overthink things. And so it's important to get another person's perspective on like the realities of your situation. And like for me having a lesson, like a listening ear and to have someone else tell me like, you need to chill out and like take a step back. I think that's really important, especially for a person like me where sometimes I don't necessarily trust myself I don't believe myself. I succumb to internal pressures that I need sometimes someone else to step in and help out. perfectionist tendencies have the greatest impact on dating because I just don't date and I, when I have dated before I'm just like what the fuck like I'm not gonna lie I'm definitely one of those people who have a vision in their heads about like what I want my significant other to be like mm -hmm. and I really play into that you know like I daydream about him I'm like oh my god like he has a lot of money and he's an orphan He's like Bruce Wayne, a fucking fictional character. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> anyway, did I just really say that out loud? I did. Okay. <laughs>